Welcome to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and challenged today as you listen to a message from one of our speakers. Prepare your heart and get ready to receive a word from God today. Today, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 2. So if you have a Bible, go ahead and find Matthew chapter 2. It's the first book of the New Testament. And uh, if you don't have a Bible, you can always find one under the chairs in front of you. But before we get into Matthew, I want to start off with a story. A couple weeks ago, I woke up. It was 5.15 in the morning. Some of you are like, that's nothing. But that's a little earlier than typical for me. Um, and the reason I woke up is I, I heard a sound. It, it like drew me out of my sleep. And just to, to put you in the same kind of situation, I want you to close your eyes. Pretend you're me sleeping. Don't sleep. If you just don't sleep. Okay, but close your eyes and listen to the sound. See if you can guess it. Okay, some of you, I know you get it. All right, anybody want to call it out? It's the garbage truck. You're right. That's the garbage truck. I woke up because I heard that sound, and you know what happened in my brain? Oh, no. I forgot to put the trash out. And it's, it's a sinking feeling. It really is. Uh, and I was amazed at how quickly my brain can process different thoughts. So the mer- first thought after I thought, oh no, that's a trash truck, was, well, can I get up fast enough and run out there and chase down and wave them and say, hey, there's trash here, I got some more. And then I went to, is it even worth it? And then I thought, well, it's going to be a full trash can this week. See, the problem here is uh, the week before, I had already missed trash day that week. So, you know, two weeks plus of stinky old garbage sitting in the trash, in the garage, growing. And I was, I just had to deal with the fact that I missed it again. And I use this story to introduce this question. Have you ever missed an opportunity? Have you ever missed anything? Could look like a number of things, like we just had Black Friday a few weeks ago, right? Black Friday, all these one-day deals, and you could have had a brand new flat-screen smart TV, 56-inch for $200. (gasps) But you missed it, because somebody else got there first. Bummer. Or, I remember as a kid, I can remember walking out to the school bus, and it's driving away. I missed the bus. Or another one, um, have you ever missed your plane? Missed a flight? That's unfortunate. Some of these missed opportunities, though, they don't really affect us too much. They're not that big of a deal in our lives. But there are some moments in our lives that we just don't want to miss. Some opportunities that, like, are significant. I've heard of, like, fathers who missed the birth of their child. Ah, or 
uh, a number of years ago, my grandpa passed away. And I remember a few days after, I remember thinking to myself, oh man, I missed my chance to ask him about his life. And I was sad. When you look at scripture, the Bible includes some of these missed opportunities. So here's a couple of examples, biblical missed opportunities. First one I thought of was Genesis chapter 6, Noah and the ark, the flood. God floods the whole earth. The people of Noah's day had a chance to get on the ark, but they missed it, and they all died. Another example from Mark chapter 10, Jesus shares the story of the rich young ruler, and this man, he wants to know, how can I get to heaven? So he, he goes to Jesus, asks him, how can I, what do I need to do to get to heaven? Jesus responds with, well, go sell everything you have and come follow me. And it says in Mark 10, 22, at this the man's face fell and he went away sad. Missed it. Another one in Luke chapter 23, it's the story of Jesus on the cross. I think this is the most dramatic example because here we have Jesus on the cross. There's two criminals, two thieves on either side of him. And, and one of the thieves looks at Jesus and, and says, Jesus, remember me when you're in heaven. And Jesus responds with, today you'll be with me in paradise. And, and I have to think about the other guy, the other thief. Like, what, what about him? All he had to do was ask Jesus to remember him. But he missed it. For us, in, in the Bible, in our own lives, Missed opportunities are disappointing at best, but are potentially devastating. And so, like, I think that in our own lives, these missed opportunities are things that we want to try and catch as often as possible. So hold that thought. We're in a series called Believe. And today, the text, it's a familiar story from, the, like, the Christmas story. We're going to look at the story of the three wise men, three magi. But we're not going to look at it from their perspective. Today we're actually going to, we're going to look at it from the perspective of King Herod. Because Herod was a man who had an opportunity to see Jesus and believe, but he missed it. So, Matthew chapter 2, if you want to grab your Bible. Matthew 2 verses 1 through 5. We'll skip a little bit and hit verse 12. Verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem, in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. And the story goes on. I'll skip a couple of verses here. The story goes on with the, the wise men. They, they leave. They go find Jesus. They worship him. They give him the gifts. And then verse 12, it says, and having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Talk today is titled, Herod, a Missed Opportunity. And I think this text, it gives an excellent account of what Herod did wrong, as he missed arguably the biggest moment in history. 
And I, I think that this is helpful as we look at him. We're not just looking at it to learn like, well, he did, he messed up. But I think it's something that we can learn and, and like have some life application that's helpful to us as well. So I wanted to ask this question. What are the opportunities in my life that I don't want to miss? Do you have anything? My head, it goes in a couple of different directions with this. First, it would be tragic, tragic to miss Jesus. To go through this Christmas season or really our whole lives, if we miss Jesus and not experience his peace that he has given to us and not see how deeply he loves us because we're too caught up in living our own lives, that's tragic. Or I also don't want us to miss the the small moments, these small opportunities. Like, well, this isn't too small. We don't want to miss our kids growing up. Or we don't, we don't want to miss those small chances to love our spouse well or to care for our neighbors. So are you thinking, did you come up with an idea of an opportunity that you don't want to miss? I think that the text today, can, the, the two observations can help us learn from Herod's mistakes. So why don't you pray with me and then I'll share what I noticed. So Jesus, we thank you that you are a teacher, that your word shows opportunities for our lives, that we can learn from the mistakes that we see in in the Bible. And God, I'm, I'm asking that you'd show up right now. Holy Spirit, come, and would you lead us, teach us something new about who you are and how we can best follow you in Jesus' name. Amen. First thought, we risk missing God when we worry too much about our kingdom. kingdom. Herod was a king. He had a kingdom, and everything in that kingdom was under his control. So keep that kingdom thought in your brain. We'll come back to that in just a second, but I want to look at how he responded to this news about Jesus. In Matthew chapter 2, verse 3, it it says this, when Herod heard the news about Jesus, when he heard this, he was disturbed. Herod was disturbed. Everybody else in Israel is excited because they've been waiting for centuries, like forever, on this new king, this new savior, the promised Messiah. They knew that someday it was happening, and now it's happening. Yet, here we have Herod, and he's disturbed. I thought that was an interesting word, so I looked it up in the original Greek. And it's the word tarasso, to stir up, to trouble, to agitate. So Herod was stirred up, troubled, agitated. Why? What's what's he all stirred up about? And to help paint this picture, to help us understand Herod a little bit, I want to remind you that this book, all of the events and stories in this book are real historical events that actually happened. Herod was a real king who lived a real life, real person with historical accounts of his life that that didn't all land in the Bible. Things that we know about him that we don't read in here. So as I was looking up some of Herod's life, I, I learned a fun fact. Herod was paranoid. Paranoid. Like he was hyper aware of anything, anyone that was a threat to his reign. 
Anything that would come after his throne, he was like, God, I stop that. And I, I learned that, this was new to me, I learned that Herod suspected two of his sons of mutiny. Like, he suspected two of his sons were going to come after him and take his throne. So what did he do? He killed them. Whoa! <laughs> he killed two of his own sons. So here we have this man, Herod, who is utterly ruthless. Ruthless for, with anyone, anything that he perceived as a threat to his kingdom. And he killed his two sons. By the way, I didn't tell you this before, but he also killed one of his wives. So, not a great guy. And now these magi come into town and announce this news. Hey, everybody, guess what? There's a new king. Guess what? We've come to worship him. Herod was disturbed. Why was he disturbed? He was agitated because he was the king. And if there's a new king, then what does that mean for him? Do you see how he was a little troubled by that? Herod had collected all this power, this prestige, this authority, this worldly stuff. His kingdom, he'd drawn it close to himself, saying, this is mine. This is my stuff. Gathered it up close to himself, saying... This is mine. And he was so worried about his own kingdom that he lost sight of Jesus. He, he, Jesus became an afterthought to him. Let me give you a deep spiritual truth. You can write this down. Our worldly stuff can conflict with our heavenly opportunities. Chances that God has given us 1 John, a couple of verses to support that thought. 1 John chapter 2, verse 16, For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. They don't even come from the same place. Another one, 1 John, no, excuse me, just John. John 12, 25, Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world We'll keep it for eternal life. It's like oil and water. The two things don't go together. Do you see how they conflict? Jesus, he makes it pretty clear in Scripture that we can't live in his kingdom. We'll miss heavenly opportunities if we hold too tightly to our worldly things. And I realize this word, worldly things, worldly stuff, it's kind of a vague description, right? It's not, it's not very clear. So I want to give you a little bit more uh, of a description of what that is. So he, I thought of three things. Uh, you can write them down if you'd like. You don't have to. But first one was possessions. Worldly stuff includes our possessions. The stuff we own, it's the money we have. Another category that I thought of was positions. Possessions, positions. Positions are our titles. It's the, the influence that we have. And then I, I thought of a third, decisions. Any decision that I make on my own. So possessions, positions, decisions. These are our worldly things, the worldly stuff. Things that are under our control, which means these are our kingdoms. Let me pause and give you a, 
an example of kind of the opposite of Herod, a person in Scripture who, who did a better job with this, letting go of his kingdoms. Take a look at Peter. Peter's one of the disciples, but before he was a disciple, he was a fisherman. And so in Luke chapter 5, we get this story of Peter who's out all night trying to fish, catching nothing all night. And he comes in in the morning, empty nets. Jesus comes along and he says, hey, Peter, go out again and throw your nets. Try to catch something. Well, Peter's the fisherman, right? So he, he had to like lay down his pride because he had spent like 12 hours just trying to do exactly what Jesus just said to do. So he laid down his pride, but he did it. He went out. He went out again, and he, he threw out the nets, and he caught probably the biggest haul of fish he's ever caught in his life. His nets are bursting. He hauls it all the way into the shore, and then Jesus says, all right, now come follow me. I can just imagine Peter in that moment. <laughs> Do you see the fish? Like, I gotta go... That's a lot of money right there. It's like the biggest payday ever. And you want me to just leave that behind and go follow you? What are you talking about? And yet here we see what he did. Chapter 5, verse 11 of Luke. They pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. Followed Jesus. He left it all. And followed Jesus. And I, I think the contrast between Peter and Herod, it's pretty extreme. Herod, he had an opportunity to see Jesus and believe, but he was overly concerned with his own stuff, his own things, his kingdom. He collected it all close to himself. And in the end, he never saw Jesus. He never saw Jesus. He missed God. Peter, on the other hand, Peter was willing to leave it all behind. He left his livelihood, that catch of fish. All the money was left on the table. He left his, his boats behind, his friends. He, he left and followed Jesus. And you know what happened? Heavenly opportunities opened up in front of him. You can write this down. Peter experienced life with Jesus because he got over himself. We should be wary whenever we get overprotective of our stuff, our things, our lives. It's, it's mine, the, the position, the possessions, these decisions. Because when we get caught looking at ourselves first, we're actually doing the opposite of what Jesus tells us to do. Here's what Jesus says, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. But seek first his kingdom, God's kingdom. And his righteousness. Not our own. Jesus, Jesus is saying, take your eyes off of yourself and look to me. Can I give you an example now of how this works out in my own life? Here's something that happened just recently. My wife, Leah, and I, we, we bought a new house a couple months ago. And now it's not a new house, but it's a new to us house. And it's kind of an exciting adventure for us. And, and whenever I get something new, I try to be really careful with it. Anybody else do that? Like new shoes? Do you ever get new shoes and you're like, okay, got to keep it squeaky clean. <laughs> Don't step in the dirt. And I'm trying to, I found myself 
starting to do that a little bit with the house. Like, I want to keep it nice and sparkly. And when we bought this house, we made a decision that we were going to make this a place where people could gather, some place where we would invite people in. And so when an opportunity for us to do that came up to host our vineyard group, it's like 15 plus people, that's not a small amount of people in your home, right? 15 plus people coming in. I had a moment of hesitation. I had this like, uh, well, uh, what if somebody spills a drink on the carpet? Or, you know, what if somebody's sitting in a chair, they backs up and bump it against the wall, scuff it or dent it? <sighs> what, what, what if somebody burns the house down? I, you know, I don't know what could happen. Anything could happen here. It's not going to happen. Probably wouldn't happen. Jesus. Pray that it never, it never happens. But all these, like anything could happen. And I found myself like pulling my house, holding on to it tightly. Yet we, I just, I didn't want to do that. Instead, I want to hold all my kingdoms, my house, my stuff, I want to hold it all out in an open hand. I have to decide with anything that's under my control, I have to decide, do I want to keep this for myself? Do I want to keep my kingdoms for myself? Or do I want to hold everything out in an open hand because I love God that much that I want him to use my life for his glory? Because I'm trying to live for Jesus, not for Andrew. I don't want to seek my own kingdom. I want to seek his kingdom. Now, do I do this perfectly all the time? No. I regularly find myself trying to grab my stuff back up and hold on to it tightly. But my goal is to hold everything out in an open hand. Because I want to be different than Herod. Herod had a chance to do what God was doing, but he missed it. So here's a question for you to consider this week. Am I holding my kingdoms with an open hand? Is there anything in my life that I'm holding on to too tightly? It's a surrender question. So think about that this week. That was the first thought. We risk missing God when we worry too much about our kingdom. Second thought is we, we risk missing God when we dismiss obvious indicators. Now this is, I think, the scary part of this text. Because Herod missed God even though he had every sign, clear, seriously clear signs that the Savior had come. I'll give you four examples in the text. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it'll show up here, and the, the signs are in bold. So the first one is the Magi from the east. These men show up, and they're saying, hey, there's a, there's a sign. We, ha- we hear that there's a king in town. That's a pretty clear sign. Somebody comes and says something's going on. Another one, the star. Like Herod had the, the sign of a star. That's a pretty clear sign. That star wasn't there yesterday. What's it, what does it mean? Well, he ignored it. Another one, the religious experts. He had gathered the most trusted people, the chief priests, the teachers of the law. He invited them into his company, asked them about what's going on, and they confirmed what he was already hearing, but he did not listen. Last one, and I think this is the kicker, Herod was a Jew. So 
as a Jew, he had likely grown up hearing this news about, well, what Scripture said about prophecy and this coming Messiah. And, and so he knew that stuff. So when the prophet has written this news about a Messiah, he didn't listen to God's word. There were God's signs everywhere. And Herod disregarded them all. Can I just say it? This is bad. Like, that's not a good thing to do. Typically, when we dismiss God, when we ignore God's guidance and word in our life, it doesn't go so great for us. Two quick examples of Scripture, times in Scripture where this happened. Jonah, he ignored God. He ran away from God. He ends up getting swallowed by a fish, living in stomach juices for three days. It's kind of bad, gross. Another one, the kings of Judah, if you want to read First and Second Kings, not a lot of great things happened in those two books, but during a period of around 45 years, God sent five different prophets, five different messengers to these kings to tell them, hey, what you're doing is not good. You should stop it because if you don't, bad stuff's going to happen. And they don't listen. And the whole nation of Judah, the whole nation, ends up in slavery. Can I give you another example then from my own life? Last week, uh, my wife and I, we got in an argument over something silly. We're talking about getting a bed frame. <sighs> I know. And we had our, each of us, we, we had our own approach to it like how we're going to make that decision or what we should get. or We both had our own approach to the situation. And I won't say that she was wrong because I was definitely wrong. And I was, I was just holding tightly to my own thought, my own approach to the decision, just holding on to it tightly, what I thought was best which then rightly frustrated her, which when she got frustrated, then I got upset. And a small thing, fairly small thing, turned my day sideways. And the worst part, this is the worst part, about halfway through the argument, I heard God say, Andrew, get over yourself. <laughs> and I didn't. Now, was it a disaster? No. But I missed out, we missed out on a good day because I ignored the clear sign from God. He told me what to do. And I just have to laugh because God tells us this will happen in Scripture. Proverbs chapter 1, verses 30 and 31. This is God speaking. By the way, Proverbs is the book of wisdom. So since they would not accept my advice, God's advice, and spurn my rebuke, they will eat the fruit of their ways and be filled with the fruit of their schemes. I do not want to eat the fruit of my bad ways, of my stubborn ways. I don't like that. I don't want to eat that bitter fruit. Here's the good news, though. It doesn't have to be like that. We don't have to eat the fruit of our ways in that way. 
When we pay attention and obey God, listen to his signs, pay attention to those, those clear signals to us, we experience blessing. This is what Jesus says. Luke chapter 11, verse 28, Jesus replied, blessed, rather, are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Blessed. There's blessings there. Obey, when we pay attention to God. Now think about this. This is crazy. I want to show you a picture. This is the nativity scene, correct? In the nativity, we see the magi off to the right. We got Mary there in the middle. There's baby Jesus. There's the shepherds. There's a sheep got to be there. Herod could have been one of the nativity scene characters. A sheep got to do that, though, but he missed it. These are, that's a blessing. Like, we, we set these figurines on our mantles every year to celebrate. And Herod could have been one of those little figurines. It's pretty cool. The possibilities, like, that's a blessing. The possibilities when we pay attention to God, when we follow his signs to us, they're Pretty fantastic. Like, what blessing am I missing when I'm not listening to God's signs? What could we be if I didn't miss it? What could our homes look like? What could our communities look like if we didn't miss it? Like, I, I'm, I'm kind of filled with sorrow for the times not shame, but like godly sorrow. For the times that I've, I've missed God's promptings in my life, the, the times that God has put an opportunity in front of me and I just was like, I'm not gonna do that, God. I'm gonna do my own thing. Like some, there's some sorrow connected to that. But there's also hope connected because I'm not dead yet. God has grace for our lives. And there's new opportunities all the time. Right now, every single one of us has new opportunities in front of us to pay attention to God's signs and go step into those heavenly opportunities so that we don't miss God. Some of that is like, we can say yes to Jesus today. Experience eternal life with him. If we're paying attention. Here's a prayer that I have. I'm going to be praying this this week, that one of us might lead somebody to Christ because we paid attention and listened to God when he nudged us to say, go talk to that person. Another prayer I'm praying is that one of us might get out of a bad situation in our lives because we listened to God speak to us through the wisdom of a friend. Now, I want to make this really practical, really real. I'm going to hit these fast. Three ways to avoid missing God. You can do these three things this week. They're simple. First one is slow down. I wonder what would have happened, what would have happened if Herod had just slowed down and wondered about the star. We live fast-paced lives. Instead of trying to get out ahead of God, forge our own path to do what we think he's doing before he even initiates it, how about we slow down and listen and look for God's signs to us in the first place. Second thing, listen to wise counsel. Herod could have just listened to the people around him. He gathered these teachers 
who confirmed what he was hearing, but he didn't listen. So for us, if there's somebody spiritually wise in our lives telling us something like, hey, you know what would really benefit you? I think you should consider getting in a group or serving on a team. What should we do? Let's listen. We can listen and experience those benefits. Third thing, pray before everything. Some of you have heard this before, but as a staff, we try to make it a point to pray before every single meeting. And what we're doing is we're inviting God into the moment, into that meeting, to to be the leader. We invite the Holy Spirit to initiate uh, his direction rather than where we want to go. So something you can pray in your own life, a simple prayer, is God, what are you up to right now? What are you up to today? And then pause and listen and do what he's doing. Our lives can look seriously different based on whether we miss God or if we take hold of every opportunity that he has put in front of us. Herod missed God. We don't have to. So to wrap it up, we risk missing God when we worry too much about our kingdom and when we dismiss obvious indicators. Why don't you stand? We're going to pray. I'm going to invite Pastor Mark to come back up. Thanks for listening to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We pray you were impacted by this message. God bless and see you next time.